Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the fire. Welcome to the fire, boys. My name is Parker McDonald. And I'm Walter Lee, and we'll be your hosts on this episode of the Southern Collective Hunting Podcast. If you're a new hunter trying to learn the basics, or you're a veteran woodsman just trying to get through your workday, there's always a place at our campfire for you. Speaking of the fire, we would love it if you guys would join our growing Patreon community and be a part of the best and only digital deer camp south of Mason Dixon Line. Come on. If you'd like and learn more, click on the link in the show notes. But for now, Walt, welcome, welcome to, to the fire. fire. Recording. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode. A little bit different. You guys are kind of used to the roundtable discussion with the four main SoCo guys. Uh, today, this is a roundtable between two SoCo guys and two of the most legendary men in the outdoors. Me and Matt are joined by the one and only Ernie Powers and Garrett Godfrey of Tether. Gentlemen, I know you you pride yourself away from the binoculars. You had Boone and Crockett Bucks in velvet just everywhere in the fields, and you you left that to come jump on the podcast. So I just want to say thanks, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're we're sitting in a cabin here in North Dakota, getting ready to do some scouting and some prep for the opening week up here. So now, now when suck. is the open, when is the opening week up there? Uh, it opens Labor Day weekend. Okay, um, that's the, the kind of the velvet weekend. Um, I'll probably come about a week later. I got you. You must be talking about somebody else calling us the two most legendary guys. Well, he did call you Garrett. Yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I have Instagram popped up here because I normally scroll around for like different things as I'm th- as I'm podcasting, and Garrett popped up just as that happened. And I was like, "Dead gum." I was like, "Maybe they didn't notice," but I, I was I was wondering. I caught it on the the tip of your tongue. Yeah, I didn't even hear it. Oh man, no, but gentlemen, I appreciate it. You know, we, 
when we when we set up the lineup for this fall, we wanted to have like really intentional seasons laid out. And so we started with round tables and we wanted to have you guys on first because you guys were the first people to believe in both Parker and I and 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 the first people to jump on this new Soko thing. And uh I mean to have you guys be a part of this thing is just tremendous. I mean, I love I love the friendships that we have over the past couple of years. It's been awesome. And I just kind of wanted to talk to you guys and see like what's going on. I mean, we're talking North Dakota. What else y'all got going on this fall, man? Too much. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, you know, we, we got our, our normal schedule, but we're, uh, we're just about to jump into season two of the tagged out tour. That starts here in another week or two. Uh, we got another, you know, a couple of goodies along the way and then just our regular hunts, you know, the, the stuff that we kind of schedule each year anyways. Um, it's a busy season for sure. We um, always feel bad talking about it because it's like, you know, you start a hunting brand and, and then it turns into work and it's like we get to go and do all these really awesome hunts and you always kind of feel like a jerk because you're like, well, I'm going to North Dakota and Illinois and Kentucky and Indiana and everybody else's home going, yeah, I'm going to work. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a weekend here and there. <laughs> I know. I know. Been there, done that. Now yeah, we're, you- we're, we're lucky enough that we get to do a little bit more nowadays. You know, it, it. I'm curious, when you said to your wives, hey, we're going to start this outdoor brand, did you give them the heads up that if it took off, you would basically have to hunt for a living? Or did you just have to have that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. It didn't matter for me. I've got a little bit harder than than Ernie does. I can, I'll can. i tell you a quick story that proves I'm right. One, one time I was in Minnesota. This is probably, I don't know, two years ago, two and a half years ago. And I was in Minnesota in the car because our tether headquarters used to be up in Minnesota, in Jordan, Minnesota, right outside the Twin Cities. And now it's in Columbia, Tennessee, but used to be up there. So I was up there doing some work and I'm in the car with Ernie and Val and we're chatting. Val is Ernie's wife, his better half. And we're chatting and we're talking about work and business and and whatever. And the hunting trips and hunting trips. and, And these words came out of her mouth. I heard them. I was there. So I can, I can vouch that they're true. She said, well, Ernie, you just need to let me worry about the business and the stress and the jobs and the kids. You just need to go out and hunt more. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It isn't that. She's like, you guys got to get out, get on film, do the hunting. Don't worry about what's happening back at the shop. I'll take care of that. You guys get out there and hunt more. True story. Dad gum. That's uh. That's a word every man wants to hear. Uh, it's It's got its own pain. So I end up, uh, because I'm gone so much, September, October, November, um, I'm basically grounded for the month of December. So I don't Darn. hunt anywhere in my backyard the whole month of December. But come January 1, I'm back on the road again. Yeah. Yeah, we stay busy. It's fun. You know, it, it's, uh, it does, it is work. I mean, I'm not going to lie when you're out there day after day, you know, kind of, you kind of start to feel how those guys from the hunting public must feel when they are just grinding, you know, day after day after day, it does take its toll, but you know, it's still, it still beats, you know, a real job. So definitely not complaining. Yeah. I I think, I think what a lot of people, they see that, that fun, right. They see the fun parts on camera because that's what people want to see on in a YouTube video. But I think, you know, what they don't think about is a lot of guys, they got that 40 and they go home 
right? You know, that 50 and they go home. I mean, you guys, you hunt all day, but then there's stuff to be done. And I'm sure stuff creeps up while you're on the road that you got to take business calls and it's not all just fun and games. I mean, it turns into a, a darn near time and a half kind of job. Well, and, and that's, that's not even the worst of it, to be honest with you. The worst of it is just the time away from home. Uh, you know, I've got yeah. little kids um, and they can feel it. So, so there's times where I'll be gone for two or three weeks in a pop and uh, it's really tiring. I can't wait to get home just to see the kids. Well, and you know, and we've, we've, we're regular dudes, right? So we've, we've been there. Ernie was a professional engineer. I was an army officer before we started tethered. So we were normal, right? I mean, we got our one week a year if we were lucky, if the stars aligned and we'd get to go on our rutcation. And then, you know, if we were really lucky, we got to travel somewhere else for a shorter trip and then, you know, hunt and peck around home. And that was, that was it. So, you know, I, I get it. I know what it's like. Been there, did that for almost 40 years. So I, I, I get it. And um, I mean, we talk about all the time how lucky we are and how blessed we are to be able to get to do this. So it's fun. And that's one of the reasons why we like to be so generous. Like Ernie always says, nobody out gives tethered. And so we, we like to be extremely generous with gear and, and giveaways and helping people. So well, even like this tagged out tour, right? I mean, yeah. Putting these five kids in the woods for a hundred days, you know, that's something that they wouldn't probably be able to do otherwise. Yeah. So we try to be generous, try to give back. Yeah, I, th- I think y'all had a lot of people when that came out. They're like, "Man, I wish that was around when I was, you know, I was that age." And I know y'all have done a couple things to kind of fit, you know, an older person genre with a uh, full time job, you know. But uh, I mean, I myself, I can say, "Man, when I was nineteen, twenty, I'd I'd love to had a shot at doing something like that because that that truly is a dream." It's cool, and like Ernie said earlier, we got five more guys going, getting ready to kick off. They're at the shop next week. Yeah, so we're starting next week with prep week, and then uh, they'll go straight out into their first uh, first trip of the year, and then they won't really wrap up until right before Thanksgiving. So it's going to be another butt kicker for those guys, but they're going to love it. I'm, I've got to say, man, when it comes to content-wise, I binge all of THP. When I'm done with THP, I jump to the tagged out tour and then I just kind of jump down my list of, of all the other like stuff after that. It, watching those boys have the time of their life just is like the best thing ever. Cause, cause I, when you first told me about it, I, and I was talking to Parker like a couple days later, I was like, dude, if they put, if they had put me on that tour when I was like 20, there would have been, they would have been like, quit shooting does. Please God quit shooting does because i would have tagged out in every state on the first thing that walked out and no one would have wanted to watch it <laughs> well and that's a cool partnership this year between soco and tethered because parker is uh parker's doing he's going to do all the production for it this year so he's uh he is heavily engaged he's been working his butt off um planning prepping doing all the stuff behind the scenes parker has been putting in the work and um I think the, I think the fans and the viewers are really gonna gonna enjoy it because Parker is his he's really done his homework and he's gonna make it really really awesome. So I can't wait to see what he does with those yeah, kids. I have a feeling this year's content is gonna be a lot better. Uh, it's a little more organized. We've got um, a few more you know things in place that are gonna help keep things uh, flowing. It should be really good. Yeah. I- I, I'm biased because he's my business partner, but I think Parker has the best edits 
in the outdoor space. And I tell him that all the time. I just, his, his ability to grab a story and kind of gra- and through B roll and a lot of the stuff, tell a story when y'all see, um, let's see, when's this going to go live? This Is episode will go live Tuesday. When's this video? When's his next video go live, Matt? Is it Monday? I think it's Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time you've already listened to this, you may have already seen it. He's about to drop a video that is just remarkably transparent. This is a hunt where nothing goes right, but he, he sticks with the camera the whole time. I would put the camera up a long time before that. Um, but he showed me some bits and and pieces of it to have him producing. You guys are about to have one bang up series. I hope so. I think so. Um, I'm a big fan of Parker and, uh, I think it's going to be fun, you know? So, I can't wait to see how it shakes out. I hope they kill a lot of critters. I'm going to give them that speech, Walter. I'm going to say, <laughs> you are not here to shoot a booner. If you kill a booner, awesome. But you are here to shoot animals. I want does hitting the ground. I want spikes. I want forkies. I want sixers. I want them all to die. That's what this is about. It's about 19-year-old kids getting out there and, and having fun and shooting stuff. Getting their feet wet, right? I mean, yeah. 19 is when you shoot does. It's not when you wait for big bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm agreeing with you, Walter. If, I think that's the that's the way that's the way to go. If they get down on the season, you just get me a call. I'll FaceTime them. I'll get them motivated to shoot every daggum slick head that walks out real quick. I'll start with, <laughs> I'll start with recipes, and then I'll give a, a presentation <laughs> on the pros and cons of dragging out a light a light slick head versus a 200-pound buck. One's going to be a heck of a lot easier. I mean, it's just I can go on for days. <laughs> yeah, and we got some really cool stuff going on this year, too. Like, So we got some pretty unique challenges. We've got a couple of um, – Pretty, there's going to be some pretty cool involved, pretty cool guys involved, like uh, the guys from THP and Giannis Patelis from Meat Eater, and uh, it looks like Michael Waddell from Bone Collector. So oh, snap. It's, it's going to be a really, really fun season. I, uh, I can't wait to get it underway. Y'all going to get Michael in the saddle? I can't wait to see that episode. Uh, you, you might be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got I got some questions that popped up to me while you were you guys were talking about your fall plans before we started. When the tethered crew gets together, you, Carl, Jared, I got three questions for you. For you guys, you can p- throw somebody under the bus. You can give them accolades. It's your choice. Who is the best camp chef out of the tethered crew? That's easy. <laughs> My wife. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's one of them. But I I would say. Crew adjacent. If we could expand it to crew adjacent, who would you say? I know exactly who I'm thinking uh, Sean's about. Sean's a pretty damn good coach. Sean is good. I was thinking Robrand. Oh yeah, Robrand for sure. Yeah. If, if you want to, if you want to expand out to that far, yeah, you, you can't beat Robrand. You, yeah. you don't know what you're gonna eat. It might be something out of some French cookbook, but um, he's <laughs> a yeah, his name's Jared, Jared Robran. He's a Minnesota guy. He used to be Ernie's, well, not direct neighbor, but lived down the street from Ernie, and he's a big tethered fan. We we love him. He he actually came to this hunt a few years ago. Yeah, he's going to be hunting here this week. Yeah, so he, he was up here with us in North Dakota a few years ago, and he cooked some food, and we were all blown away. Like, Ernie wasn't kidding, like, like fine dining kind of cook. Really? Um, Camp Chef... Yeah, it's tough to beat Val. Val sends us a lot of food on these different hunts. You know, Carl's not bad either. No, just straight, straight, you know, he's just straight simple food. You know, he's yeah. pretty good too. Yep. 
All right. Who is the camp killer? If you had to put the entire mortgage payment on, on one guy to get it done in camp, every, every state, who's it going to be? I'm picking Jared. He seems to be the most, like, I hate it, but he kills something everywhere he goes. (laughs) That was a quick, quick decision too. We need to do the math. Cause in the hunts that we've done, you're up there. Sure. You killed in Missouri. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm up there. I killed in Missouri and in North Dakota. Jared is killed in North Dakota. He killed in Kentucky one year. It's spread out, but Jared is really good. He's he's really good. He hunts more than we do, though. I think that's a big part of it. He gets a lot of time in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just don't want to give him credit. Well, there's that, too. You know who's not? This is the easy yeah, question. Can we, ask who the worst hunter is. That one's easy. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's my next one. Who is most likely to miss a deer in camp? Ooh, to wound one is me. <laughs> I I've wounded a couple, uh, but we like to give Carl a hard time for being the worst hunter. But then again, last year he had a banner year. He did really good yeah. last year. Um, he's had a lot more time to kind of get in the woods and kind of pick it up. And he's a smart kid, right? So. Whatever Carl sets his mind at, he gets good at fast, yeah. which is – that's the hard part because he's catching up. <laughs> yeah, he killed two really nice public land bucks last year. One of them with a recur. Yeah. Yeah, that recurve hunt is awesome. It's awesome. And he killed several does with his recurve. I mean, Carl – last – so last year, Carl killed more deer last year than I think – than since we've known him combined. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he had a he had a strong year last year. I, I think if you miss with a recurve with any kind of degree of consistency, you're still a better hunter than most people. I don't know how, how folks take that range of 40 yards and crank it down to like 15, 20 if they're, if they're really good. I don't have that kind of skill set. I can't get that close to deer that often. It's mm. a great point. That's, I mean, that's part of the reason why it's so dang hard to do. Well, and, and even this year, turkey. Carl was on turkeys almost every day. But he insisted on hunting with a recurve, so he didn't shoot one. But he had turkeys every day within range. Yeah, he's just he refused to pick up his his shotgun, and you know I don't know if that's respectable or just stupid. I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being honest. Like I don't know. Like he was in turkeys all the time, and he didn't kill anything. So I don't know. I linked. Is he beating linked, himself up about it now? Well, his partner sure didn't, uh, you know, because we had a turkey contest this spring. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. And so his team got a goose egg from Carl. And he's literally sending us pictures and videos like almost daily. Got two gobblers coming in. He's he's hammering 20 yards away and nothing. Was so. was there an asterisk that he got more points if he killed one with a recurve? No. Nothing? God. No. Nothing. He was just making it harder for no reason. <laughs> now, it, it also helps that he, where he lives in Missouri is there's turkeys everywhere. overrun with turkeys. I mean, I came up and hunted public. I never turkey hunted here before in my life. And I came up and was tagged out 20 minutes after the, after legal shooting on the first day. So, and I am far from the best turkey hunter on the planet. So, Mm-hmm. It's uh, not terribly hard here, but Carl couldn't do it. 
Hey Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna task you with figuring out when Missouri opens this year, and let's. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> you won't be got disappointed. That, got that written down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Turkeys in Missouri. How the deer in Missouri are good. We've we've always had a good time in Missouri too. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything bad about Missouri. Occasionally, you hear people talk about the pressure, but I mean, I think that's kind of everywhere at this point. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, Florida is, pa- is packed. I mean, we don't have as many hunters, but we don't have as much public land, and it feels like every direction you go, you're running into somebody. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, so what's the always take the uh, the Matt Ranella position that uh, hunting hunting influencers, uh, aka his brother, are yeah. horrible for the sport, and that's why there's you know, public lands are overrun. So. Yeah, has has nothing to do with the loss of leases and private land access or anything anything like that, you know. But ah, is what it is. So, so what states are you guys, the main crew? What states are you hitting this year? Let's talk about it. All right, so I'm in North Dakota twice, one with a bow and one with a rifle. I'm in Idaho with a rifle for elk. Uh, Indiana um, for whitetails. Then I'll be in uh, Atlanta for whitetails, um, Montgomery, Alabama for whitetails, and Pensacola for whitetails. That's kind of my season. And Illinois in October for whitetails. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you I'm pretty similar. Yep. I'm, I'm pretty similar. North Dakota is the first hunt of the year, and then I'll go to Illinois in October, then Indiana and North Dakota in November. And then I'll probably take – I'll probably take it easy after that and go one or two more, maybe go hunt with my dad in Pensacola. Um, that's, that's probably about it. Maybe go with my uncle. He, he's got a place in, uh, near Troy, Alabama. Yeah. I'm going with your uncle. He's yeah. awesome. Okay. So I might join, join Ernie on, on those hunts in January and February, but I usually start getting burnt out there because we've also got the ATA show and the shot show in January, which takes us, you know, out for quite a bit of time so I, i'm usually pretty smoked after we come home from that yeah i was talking to bobby about show season how tired you guys get i mean could, and side note bobby's gonna be at our patreon hunt this year he's gonna come over and uh do that and i think he's gonna come over and shoot some ducks with me in september oh cool very cool yeah that's awesome yeah show season is a smoker it's uh it's tiring it really is yeah i mean I went and helped for a day and my feet and knees and ankles and everything hurt from just like standing around. And Matt did it for three days in Birmingham. Hey, that, that new padding though for the setup is nice. It's nice. Makes a big difference. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing how standing on concrete all day will just absolutely wear you out. You put, put some foam under your feet and it makes a big difference. Did, uh, did Bobby tell you about the, the kid that wanted everybody's signature? Yeah. That's was that really not, cool. Isn't that cool? <laughs> that's super cool that's what it's all about right there yeah yeah it's it was it was fun because you'd sit there you'd have these waves come through and you'd have people come that just wanted to chat and yet people wanted to to play with gear and then this kid comes through and he is just everything tethered and he's just dialed in i mean just just got the whole thing figured out and uh he comes through does his thing and, and things would slow down and matt would go fishing He'd get up in the saddle and he'd just swing back and forth and not look like he was part of the crew at all. And somebody just come up nonchalant and start talking to him. He's like, gotcha. <laughs> get in this thing. Yeah. That's right. 
it's fun watching those guys at the at the trade shows where or those events where at first they're like, what is this thing? And then by the time, you know, they spend a little bit of time listening to the pitch mm-hmm. and hear you explain to other people and you can finally get them in to try it and they're hooked. Yeah. I had a whole group that was making fun of one of the guys for having one, you know, like this is a joke. Well, by the end of it, all of them had it. And they were like, well, we, we understand now. It's just, it's funny how it just takes people getting in and, and seeing what it's about. That's right. So you guys have got a metric boatload of new gear that's come out this year. Let's talk about your favorite pieces. Maybe each of you could pick your favorite thing that you've rolled out this year. And if it's the same thing then we'll get creative, but um, you guys are always tinkering with stuff. And my next question is going to be like sneak peeks. I need to, I need to probe for what's coming down the pipe, but right now for stuff, people can go to the website for what's your favorite new item we've got out there. Well, mine is the lockdown pockets. I think that the, the pockets on the lockdown with the, the internal frame um, system that we built, the IFS, that is really, really cool and the first of its kind. I love those pockets. You can truly get in and out of your pockets with one hand. And they're because the way the saddle is designed, it's a little bit further forward. So you don't have to kind of twist as much to get into your pockets. Not that there's anything wrong with phantoms and sis haulers. It's just we made it a little bit easier, a little bit more user friendly. So even more than the comfort that everybody is raving about, with the lockdown, which we're getting messages and emails every single day about how much they love it. But my favorite part is the, is the pockets. Mm -hmm. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that mint mobile wireless plans are $15 a month, when you purchase a three month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. 
You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Yeah, I so could see that. I got two things. I'm a gadget guy, so I'm loving the new Scorpion hook and the fold and go. They're gadgets, right? I, the more of that stuff I can put in my pocket and, and make my life easier, um, I'm definitely going to use. But the, the yoke on the lockdown, if, if we're talking about the lockdown, is my favorite part. Um, it's not as bouncy as our suspenders are. It seems to hold a little more rigid, and I really like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Scorpion, just because it's got a cool factor, is one of my favorite things. That's my favorite gadget is the scorpion hook. I didn't think I would like it at first. And then once I used it, I was like, yep, this thing is cool. It, it does a lot, man. You can raise lower gear. You drop something, you can pick it up. You got a branch in the way you can lasso it and pull it over and get rid of it. I mean, it does a lot of things. It's, and it's light. It's simple. It's a cool piece. And it's the yeah. only one on the planet that works like that. I mean, ours folds down in a nice slim package. Ernie designed it that way. And it's it's like literally this probably the most compact, I, I mean the most compact and lightweight kind of grappling hook on the market. So how do you guys go about this? Like, do you just build like five hours a week into tinker time, or like do you just do you have one dedicated guy that tinkers all the time? Like, I I, I see how busy you guys are, and yet you're continuing to innovate every season. What what's what's that creative process look like for you guys? A lot of it is time in the woods. A lot of it is, you know, the time that we're out there hunting, it's like, man, I wish I had something that did this or did that. Um, and not to correct you, Greg, but I didn't design the Scorpion. I actually, that came from a partner. Well, you found it. it. I you, found you it. You found yeah. it. Um, we had a partner. Every now and then somebody will come to us with an idea that we can help bring to market, and the Scorpion was one of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's time in the woods. It's, man, I wish I had something that does this, or I wish I could fix this problem. And because you're in the woods so much, you get a lot of problems. And you'd be surprised by how many times you're not even thinking about hunting. You're walking down an aisle at Home Depot looking for a new faucet for the bathroom that just broke. And you see something and it works away for plumbing and you go, man, I think I might be able to use something like that for this. And then you go and you start messing around in the garage, folding, heating up some Kydex and bending it over or doing whatever you do. And next thing you know, there's a cool new product that, that happens more than you think. So what you're saying is these deer tours and these Turkey tours, that that's not really hunting. That's R and D salary Correct. time. Yeah. That's what we tell the IRS. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, this, this, this isn't a beautiful picture at a wonderful cabin in North Dakota. This is a social media marketing campaign. IRS. Yeah. This is yeah. a this yeah. is a non taxable event. We got to get some well, content, we'll some pictures. That. Yeah, I love that. Man. So one of the biggest questions we've gotten a lot, a lot. It really surprised me. Was are you guys going to offer those new pockets for the Phantom? Is there a way to do that? Is that something you guys are thinking about? It's it's something that we're thinking about. We haven't totally decided what we're going to do with yet. I mean, we're kind of this time of year we're through with tinkering, right? This, this time of the year is make sure it's on the shelf and make sure things are ready to go. 
Um, a lot of our tinkering and new stuff comes out in the spring, um, just simply because of you know the cycle of how the business works. Well, and, what, and what's helpful is if if you guys want stuff like that, to, you know, to people who are listening, if you want that stuff, send us a note on social or email or through the website. Let us know, hey, this would be awesome if it worked for a Phantom or if you changed this and this and this. We listen to that stuff. We're constantly changing products, adding, tweaking. So we listen like crazy to what hunters say and and we incorporate those that feedback into our gear. Yeah, I had a lot of people I were, was asking that about the uh, the pockets at the shows. You know, if they they're going to end up being able to buy those, you know, as an accessory. Uh, so yeah, that's a, Walter made a good point. You know, that's always a want. You know, now if it's feasible, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think we about might like be able to pull something like that off. I don't know. I don't know that we're going to do it, but I would yeah. say we could probably, we could probably, we could definitely do it if we, if we feel like enough people want it. Yeah. I, and, and I had my fair share of time in the lockdown and just the whole, how the whole system works, you know, from the two panel and everything, you just, everything makes sense. Just by lockdown, you're not going to be disappointed. You know, if you, if you, if you want that, you're going to have your yoke, your pockets, a saddle that's, you know, the best one I've ever set in. Uh, so just just buy a whole new saddle. I like it. I got a job for you at, at yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I, and this is like super niche. I'm really excited from a self filmer about the lockdown because the ability to have a lot of the stuff. Uh, I took my 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 the measurements on the pocket I, then I took it on my little compact camera arm and I, i'm pretty certain i could affix it to the outside or, or st- stow it inside my ability to climb that tree and this i tell people all the time the difference between you guys and a lot of other folks is how the system flows the friction points are removed and if you practice you, you, you it's really adaptable to everything you do but i hate getting to the tree and you put your platform on the tree and then you get up in there and then you put your strap around and then you put your backpack on there then you get your your camera arm out and then you're fighting underneath the backpack or taking putting the backpack back on to get the camera arm back on to be able to get up there set that platform put the camera arm up climb up lock in and, and be done and and just have that system where everything has its place right at your fingertips and there's no there's no fumbling that's really like I know that there's like 1% of the listeners who are going to hear that and get excited, but I think it's a really big deal. And I think it'll apply to other people for other reasons. I was talking with a fellow today who just got back from South Africa. He was bow hunting um, down in around Johannesburg and he was in lockdown and he said he was able to leave his pack at the, you know, at camp because those pockets they're so well designed and they're deep mm-hmm. so you can really carry a lot of stuff and he he was he was filming so he packed in everything he needed in in those lockdown pockets and he really really liked it so he said basically exactly what you just said Walter it was it may it really streamlined his his gear management and especially i think for guys who hunt in mild you know to temperate climates in early season, I don't think you really need to carry a pack anymore um, with those things because you really can fit a fair amount of gear. And until you're carrying like bigger, bulkier layers, man, you can fit everything you need dang near in those pockets. So yeah, they're pretty cool. 
Yep. Yeah, Greg, you that I was actually going to go into that after after Walt what he was saying because I mean you can eliminate a pack with that easily. You you put your predator pack attached to the yoke, uh, your sticks go right on it, and you're you're done. I mean I I was getting my pack together the other day and uh, started putting stuff in. I was like. I've got to be taking more stuff than this into the woods because everything I had, I could hold in two hands. So surely I can fit it in the pockets, you know, of the, uh, the lockdown. And that's just, uh, an amazing, uh, feature, you know, with, with how you can move around in the early season because it is hot. So why not take something off your back and just be able to walk in with just your saddle? Yeah, I agree. Especially early season, I feel like I never know where I'm going to go anyways. Like I have an idea that I'm going to go to a place and then it's kind of like late season when the food sources are are more predictable and the deer patterns are a little more predictable. I kind of know where I'm going when I get there. I don't maybe I'm the only person, but like in September and October, I'm, I go into the woods and I find myself wandering looking for that fresh sign. And so not having all that extra weight and also I hunt next to water. So I, I don't have to really like pack my deer out. I just drag them 50 yards to the, to the water edge. I'm really looking forward to being able to stay mobile. And frankly, if I'm being completely honest, I'm going to be hunting from the ground more this year. And I'm probably going to end up using that vest more than I expected to that M2 vest, which was stupid comfy. My God, I took way too many naps turkey hunting this year because of that vest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that thing's pretty awesome. Uh, We got a lot of good feedback. I wish we could make it cheaper. It's, um, It's very expensive, but... When you make things in America uh, with American labor and high quality materials. really high quality bomb proof materials, it's just it's just what it costs. And so mm-hmm. that's an unfortunate part of it. But, you know, we're, we're trying to fix that. But I just I don't know what all we'll be able to do and by keeping it made in America. So um, it just it just. You know, it is what it is. It's an awesome, awesome vest, but I get it that it's expensive. The The flip side to that is buy once, cry once, right? I mean, that thing is going to last. And when we design that vest with, with – it's really more than a vest. It's really like a complete gear system. But when we, we designed that thing with, with THP, the first thing they said was, we want this thing to last more than one season because all of them – now, granted, they hunt more than most people, but – they said, we can't find a vest that really lasts. It gets torn up and shredded. And so we made it really, really tough. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, to me, I think when you're in the turkey arena and you go through enough vests, I mean, I went through an out. I'm not going to say that. I went through like two vests one year. Um, that was $190 that I went through in that one year. And so if I can buy something once and not have to replace it for five to seven years, that's my cup of tea. Anyways, the same thing with packs, man. I mean, I've spent good money on packs because I want to know that when I put that, that weight in there, it's not going to pop a stitch and I'm going to be stuck in the middle of the woods trying to figure out how to get that deer that I just boned out, you know, for, for the last hour. So, and there was so much hype. There are people that, that show were coming by like, Hey, do you have these in stock here to sell at the show? Do you have these? In-? I mean, it was non Stop. You had a lot of diehards and a lot of newcomers that were all looking for that vest at the show. Yeah, that's that cool. was the first time I put it on, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it was just to have those pockets so close to you. You know, they're like mm-hmm. a lot of times you can put on a vest. Like I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a smaller guy, but like I kind of am a smaller guy as far as my my build. But most of these vests don't fit me. 
because they're one size fits all and they're just so it's like I'm wearing a dress walking through the woods because they're so big. This this sucker sticks to me. You know, it, it fits me. And that was that was big um, for me to see that. Yeah, it takes a little bit of adjustment. Once you get it dialed in, it does. It's meant to ride tight. Mm hmm. I just wish y'all hadn't made it so modular. I'm, I'm not being silly when I say that because I swear to you, I must have changed the layout of that thing 30 times in the turkey season where I'd, I'd get to like one situation. I'm like, I wish I had this right here. I'm like, I'm going home and getting a pouch. And I'd put the pouch there. i like, oh, I got in the way of my bino. And like, it felt like every day I came home, I was just like constantly changing tongue in cheek, right? I love how modular it was. But like, I swear to you, I spent way too much time tinkering with that vest. Ernie did that to me on purpose. I think he knew there were people like me that tinker, <laughs> and he was like, "We've we, we've got to make sure they have absolutely no free time." Well, and now you get to tinker with it some more for deer season and figure out how you want to set it up for when you're, you know, making a ground attack. Just take yep. a picture so you remember it. You know, the, if you ever change it over, so you don't forget. Oh, back to turkey. <laughs> take a yeah, turkey picture. Yeah. yeah, it's too late. It's already disassembled. So I'm, I'm screwed there. But so, Ernie, all right, go go, go ahead, Matt. I'm I was gonna, gonna I, was, I was gonna go back to the gadgets. Uh, Ernie, you were saying how you like like gadgets and everything, and I was just kind of gonna say what I've I've enjoyed most as far as I guess you could call it, Jack. Uh, gadgets. But I love the, the the pockets y'all have, the new little zipper bags. I forgot their actual name. Is the Molly Pockets? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love those things. They are they are sweet because I mean there's plenty of stuff you can order places or whatnot, but nothing nothing replaces that material and how that that's made for this pack. So I've I've got a couple here that I'm trying to configure on my pack to do the best way, but that's just it adds more storage with little to no effort really Mm -hmm. yep that's what they're for man it's like ultimate modularity Mm -hmm. use them if you need them and when you don't leave them at home you know that's easy i i get i'm way too guilty of this man i've got them all over my house i've got like my dog collars for when i go pheasant hunting are in one like i've got just it's organization all through my house is molly pouches Mm-hmm. They have black Sharpie on it. Tell them what's in them. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just for deer hunting. You can use them, you know, put your forks and spoons in them if you need to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure like, Val loves that idea. <laughs> I, won't, I won't say what, but you still look manly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so being that we're on the eve of, 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 of deer season, I want to know from each of you, what was your favorite deer memory from the tethered camps last year? Oof. Man, I I had a real hunt that much last year. I can tell you though exactly what it was. I did not lose. I did not fire a single arrow last year. I did not shoot a doe. I did not even come to full draw at a deer. Um, I I spent a lot of my time with the tagged out tour guys, and I can tell you right now, my favorite memory from last year was finding that buck that one of the kids shot in Nebraska, Cole mm-hmm. shot a big giant buck in Nebraska. And we were all there and we all tracked that deer. There wasn't much blood. We didn't know if we were going to find it. And just by happenstance, one of the kids found a speck of blood, you know, a hundred yards from the impact site. And it, that was all we needed with the number of us that were there. And we followed it right to that deer. And when we found it, it was pure elation. It was absolutely a blast. All the work that went into that, 
that was easily my favorite my favorite moment from last year. Was that that really big? That's on video. Field? Yes. Yeah, it was it, the big yeah. on that deer at Beanfield, and if you go watch it, we we're screaming and jumping like a bunch of idiots, and it was really really fun. That was a hammer. That was a big buck too. Great. That's called that's Great. called raw emotion recovery right there. <laughs> what it was <laughs> was not staged. So much effort had gone into that at that point, you know, behind the scenes. Not so much in the hunt, but in all the organization and the resources and the mm-hmm. planning and the time. And the, so when it finally worked, it was just, whoo, that was up there. That and was it was up. early, too. It, it was, was like, early. We're, it, we're like, oh, man, this tag down is going to be awesome. Yes, it was, <laughs> it was awesome. And then they didn't kill anything else. <laughs> but it, was, it was a great way to start the season off, man. That was for sure. That was mine. Was yeah, that the me, you said Nebraska buck? Was that the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's I'm gonna put Nebraska. that in the show notes for everybody to watch. No, it's it's a it's a cool one for sure. Uh, for me, it was redemption. Um, whether you followed along or whatever over the past couple of years, I had a whole bunch of medical issues with my eyes the year before. Um, had to teach myself to shoot uh, right-handed. I'm a left-handed shooter. He almost lost his eye. He yeah, almost, it, it was really I mean, bad. Like they didn't, they weren't sure if they were going to be able to fix my vision at all. And uh, I ended up hunting with a crossbow that year and whatever else. And so, um, fast forward a year, I'm back to where I can see. I got to wear glasses to shoot my bow, otherwise I can't see anything. Um, but I killed a buck here in North Dakota with my glasses, with my regular left-handed bow. Um, and just made a, a textbook shot on this buck. And it was just so cool after a year of all that hardship and not being able to see and not being able to, to get my bow to work right and every other thing that could go wrong to kind of come back and get it done right away in the early season. It was a nice, uh, a real nice confidence booster and, and kind of a retribution. That's awesome, Ernie, because we had you on the podcast right as you were on the tail end of all of that. And you outlined what happened. That was like <laughs> just a debacle for you, dude. Yeah, it, it sucked. Um, you know, and, and I don't have a lot I can complain about now. Lots of people have to wear glasses. I'm just not used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but with my glasses on, I've got you know better than average sight now. Everything seems to be going really well. Um, I just have to get used to the glasses. And that was no slouch of a buck either. That was a nice buck, and it's all on film, which is really cool. How do you how do you guys go about setting your standards for these hunts? Because, like, for me, I've got a week. About four hours into the first hunt, I'm, I'm willing to punch about whatever tag I've got because I just have this scarcity mindset. Does that change for you guys, given that you guys, you know, hunt for a couple months out of every year? Does that, like, do you, do you base your standards based on where you're going and where you are in the season? I mean, it, a it little depends, bit, right? I mean, you do get a lot more time in the field, right? And if you're like here in North Dakota, we run a lot of cameras. We've got a lot of sites. We know what's in the area. And and we've got pretty good deer here, right? And it's nothing, you know, we have a lease here, so I can come back. I've got till January to kill something here. So um, I'm not as limited. But there's times, I mean, like I shot six or seven does last year. I get just as much of a kick out of that as anything else. Um, so it kind of depends on time and place. And it depends on if you're 
public, private, what state, et cetera. So last year, you know, I kind of gave a woe was me story. I didn't kill anything last year, but that's, that was my own fault, right? I could have killed several deer. I, I was in Missouri the first week of November and it's just bad luck. The first morning, an absolute hammer came by, uh, like over 160, just a giant buck chasing a doe the very first morning. So then on days two and three, when smaller bucks came by, I was in the same area. I didn't shoot them. And, you know, I had I had multiple, I had two bucks in Missouri inside of 20 yards that I could have shot. But I didn't. I chose not to because they were, you know, they weren't what I was looking for. After I saw that giant, I wanted to kill him. And then in in North Dakota last year, I had a rifle tag and exact same thing. I passed several big bucks because I was really hoping for a gagger and it didn't happen. So, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword kind of thing. <laughs> yep. If, if, I, if I think if I ever hit the point where I pass on any big buck, I think Matt and Brett are never going to let me live it down because I, last year, last year was the first time I ever passed a deer in my entire life. Hands down, like I, I, I make a promise, I have never until last year passed a legal animal in my entire hunting career. And Brett, Brett had had just helped me dial in on some really nice bucks. And he's like, if you go in these areas, not even does or anything. No, never really? passed a legal deer. Never. <laughs> I'm trigger happy, dude. I, I am. I am just. I have these people that are like, hey man, you need to come out to to Missouri and Illinois and hunt the farm. I'm like, are you okay with me shooting an 80 inch deer? Because I don't know what 140 looks like. I've got no freaking clue, dude. I mean, like, I'm just going to crush whatever walks out. And you can always hear him be like, yeah. Then <laughs> <laughs> they just kind of like walk it back. And I'm like, okay. I mean, they, I was honest with you, man. So last year, Brett helps me find these really nice bucks. And he's like, if you go in these areas, you can't shoot something and drag it out there. You're going to mess it up. And so last year, I'm in George. I'm hunting on the ground, close quarters, and out walks this forky. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is, he, he's like at 40 yards, dude. And he has no idea I'm sitting there and I got the seven mag and I'm just like, he is going home with me. I'm like, no, just wait. You got a couple big eights on camera. Just wait. And I'm texting Brett how much I hate him for doing this to me because it is killing me to pass this forky. And two weeks before that, I passed nine does as they walked underneath my, my water oak tree and they filtered out past me because I was waiting on a buck to come through. And to Brett's credit, the buck did come right behind him. It was about 10 minutes after legal light and you could see him walking through. And this, this forky comes, goes down to the bottom and leaves. And I'm just sick. I want to vomit. I just, I can't believe I gave up this opportunity. And he's like, I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm, I'm so happy you did this. And my other buddy in the group's like, you should have shot that deer. You should have shot it. And out pops the forky right as he sends that message. And it comes right back out the other side of the swamp. And I'm like, and I've got the crosshairs on him and everything. I got the camera trained on it and everything. And I just, I pass on it a second time and it lays down right there and just sits there for 15 minutes, just mocking me the entire time. It about killed me. So if I ever get to the point where you hear me saying something like what Greg just did, listeners hold me accountable. I passed several big bucks going after a gagger. Just that's when you hit the one, the one star review, just crush the podcast. Cause something bad has happened to me. I'm, I'm, I'm not mentally well. Well, I've done that before and it's paid off. There was uh, my first trip ever in Missouri. Uh, I passed a a nice little, you know, 100 inch eight point. He came by. He was with a four pointer. This is the first week of November, right? I mean, anything can mm-hmm. show up. So I passed, and this is all on film too. You can watch this hunt. 
And so I pass this, this nice little eight point. He's at 20 yards and I let him walk past. Now I would never do that in Florida, but I'm in, no, I'm in Missouri the first week of November. So I'm being a little bit pickier. So I let him do, I let him go by and he walks down and I film him lay down. He lays down 20, 30 yards from my tree. He just lays there. And I don't know, 30 minutes later, here comes a doe with a nice buck, you know, 135, 140 inch buck behind her. And he comes in and because that, that buck was laying there, he actually, that, that the big buck wasn't going to give me a shot because he was on that trail of that doe. But then he saw that little eight point that was laying down right by my tree. And he came right towards the little buck to, you know, to whoop his butt and kick him out of there and protect his doe. And that allowed me to take a shot. Now we won't go into what happened after <laughs> I took the shot. Yeah, but we for we could just end it right there. But because I let that deer walk and live, a shot was taken. A shot was taken at a big buck. <laughs> Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. I, I just don't think I have it in me, Greg. I really don't. I, I just, I don't think I'm that good a person. I think, uh, yeah. I, I'd, I'd have to have like, okay, Hunter was the platform I should have had. It should have just been like meet, meet bucks anonymous or something because I'm never, I'm never going to be, I, I mean, maybe I will. I don't know, but. Well, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm, I, I've shot tons of forkies and spikes and I would do it again in a heartbeat if that's yeah. what I was after, you know, but I'm not going to do it in, in Iowa in the middle of November, you know, I'm going to wait and I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, I'm looking for something specific on those types of hunts. But like when I hunt around home or when I'm hunting in places, like when we go to, when, if we go to Pensacola or to Troy, I'm not waiting on a, on a gagger, you know, if a nice six or little small eight comes in, he's getting busted. Like no question. Like not even a conversation. It's how fast can I pull the trigger? <laughs> not even don't have to loop through your binoculars. Is it a shooter? You know, the, I call all the cliche. Yeah. Is is he legal in the state that I'm hunting? Yes. Am I going to get yelled at by the host? Is my uncle going to yell at me? Nope. He's dead. That's yeah. how it's going to happen. <laughs> my, my buddy, my buddy or told is, me it's. Is the- my uncle going to yell at me? If the answer is yes. Do I have any tethered swag in my truck that I can give him <laughs> to assuage his anger? If the answer is yes, then you That was the opposite. That first hunt with your dad, I passed the buck. Yeah, he at me for not shooting. This idiot passes a great buck because he, you know, he's being a good a good guest, right? You don't want to show up to somebody's camp uh, when you're an invitee and and shoot the small buck. But Ernie did the well. He did the right thing in his head. He passed because he wanted to make sure he was doing, you know, being a good guest. And they were like, you shot that deer. 
He was too safe. That's great. Um, Kind of back on the gear uh, topic, just kind of segue back to that real quick. Um, So we have our Marco Polo group where our guys are talking all the time. You know, I think I'm 80-something polos behind right now. And uh, actually, if you listen to this and haven't, yeah, just 80-something right now. But if if you're listening to this right now and you are not part of our Marco Polo Patreon group, um, the details will be in the the link below. You can click that join. We'd love to have you. Had a couple guys join today as well. Um, but oh, one of the top. <laughs> Say again. Say that again. I said you are a glutton for punishment. We have a Marco Polo group with just the employees, and I can't keep up. Hey, it's when they when they get on a tangent, man, they go and they, they go just quick. Take it. You and, guys' you know, groups are awesome. I'm in those SoCo groups, and I jump in there from time to time, and I like to stir the pot. I like to jump in there every now and again and say, hey, look at this new thing, end, and, <laughs> and just watch what everybody says. It's awesome. They'll go, they'll go crazy. Yeah, but today I think I think Pat may have brought it up. Um, that he was talking kind of on everybody's gear setup for this year, kind of like what they were running. Um I haven't jumped on to see what everybody was running, but kind of my question to y'all is like, what, what saddles are you running with? You know, um, ropes, uh, pack, kind of how you have your pack set up. Greg, I know you did an awesome video, uh, showing how your fast pack was set up. Um, I've gone to that multiple times trying to, you know, kind of tinker mind how I want it, but still have some of the same stuff yours has. But if you could just kind of tell us what gear y'all are running from tether this year, uh, just to kind of give our guys, you know, a kind of idea of what they m- may want to take um, from what y'all have. You want to take that one? <clears throat> yeah. So um, this year isn't a whole lot different from last year, other than I'm going to be running in our lockdown uh, compared to the Phantom last year. That gives us a little bit more content and a little more stuff that we can do on that. And then just like every year, there's always gear that we're testing, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's always the behind-the-curtain stuff that we're testing out and trying for next year. Um, but I'm still running my one sticks. I'm still running a Predator platform, you know, the same gear that I have just because I'm comfortable with it and it's tried and true. Um, I'm, I added a fold-and-go to my rifle hunts. I added a quick draw to my bow. Like these types of things I upgraded uh, mm-hmm. this year. But um, – you know, as far as changes, the biggest one would just be, you know, incorporating the lockdown into some months this year. Okay. Yeah. Great. I think that's something that separates tethered from a lot of manufacturers out there in that we really do use our gear and we, we truly make it selfishly. And what I mean by that is we find a problem in our setups and then we make something to fix it like Mm -hmm. that. I mean, there are several products that we've released based solely on selfish things like, Hey, I want, I want a tool that does this and then we make it. And so we really do use our gear. We beat it up. We, we torture it. We use it all over the country and lots of different hunts and lots of different weather settings and snow and wind and rain and cold and heat and briars and mountains and rocks. And I mean, we do it all. And so I think that is something that's a little different about us and in that we truly stand behind our stuff and we use the crap out of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, 
you know, with your sticks as well. You know, you got the two two variations of sticks, your Skeletors and your one sticks. Uh, the, is Carl the one that one sticks with the one stick? Yeah, he made his own custom stick for it. Yeah, that looked pretty cool. Now, are, are y'all using? Did. Yeah, <laughs> are y'all are y'all using just the standard uh, three, four, one sticks, or are y'all yep. hanging hanging from the tree and ropes and all that stuff? No, I. That's way too much work. I just take a set of sticks and put them on like a normal person. And they're so light, right? <laughs> I mean, you carry four one sticks; it's four pounds. And then, you know, some guys using eighters and. You know, that's can get into a safety issue. So you always have to be careful when you're using gear outside of any manufacturer spec. But some guys use aiders and as a way to lighten their load even more. And I mean, if you're comfortable with that and you've practiced a whole bunch, you know, maybe that's a choice you might want to make. But those one sticks are so light, right? I mean, I carry six. Yeah, he carries six. I carry four. And it's just there's no weight penalty anymore because yeah. they're so good. Man, yeah, I, I love mine. Sorry, Matt, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but go I ahead. just, I just said I love mine. But go ahead. I, I love how quiet they are because the way you guys have those set up. I was, I was at the booth, and they were, uh, there were a couple of guys that were super skeptical about the whole thing. You, they clearly had never sat in a saddle. They had that preconceived notion of they decided one way or the other whether they were going to like it, but they were still there at the booth, and uh, they got in the saddle. You, you immediately saw their face change and they're like, well, I don't want to like, I think it had like the original lone wolf sticks. I'm like, we're just going to rock those. We don't need lighter, smaller sticks. I'm like, Hey man, that works. That That's great. I mean, I, I personally want the smaller, lighter stick. They're quieter. They're easier to navigate. He's like, how? I was like, bet you open the door. And so I go and I get, and I, and I show him how I put the one sticks on my side. In fact, Greg, Two years ago, I sent you a picture. I don't know if you remember this. I climbed a tree and I could only get three high. I thought I could get four high. I got, I climbed three high and I sat there the entire day with one of the one sticks attached to my hip on my, on my clip, had no idea it was even there. I looked down and kind of jumped a little bit because something on my hip was moving. I didn't know what, what it was. And I kind of jumped like a scaredy cat because I thought something to climb the tree, of course. And I looked down and it's just the one stick waving right there on my hip. But I told him, I said, dude, you just take your thumb and you just push. And the next one pops right off and it's dead silent. There's no clanking. There's no cords or bungees to, to, to get, t- it's just, it's just seamless. And that's what I was saying earlier is you guys have taken all of the friction out of the system, all the little frustrating parts that, that people have compensated with DIY tricks and tips. You've incorporated that into a system to where it just flows. Yeah. And I've, I've gone, you know, a little bit further down that road. I did a Cobra weave on my steps and I've got stealth strip cause I'm clumsy, right? So if I can bang two pieces of something together, it's going to happen. And, uh, now with that, and then the system you were just talking about, it's good. Well, and I, I hate, I hate sell, you know, sounding like a salesman, but it's like, we obsess over this stuff. We really do. And the whole point of that is so you guys can focus. So hunters can just focus on the hunt and not have to fight their gear. Um, so we kind of just really look at the problems from every angle and try to solve the problem. So, so you don't have to, um, cause we've already done it. We've already, we've already gone through the headache of clanging stuff together. And so we figured out how to, uh, how to not do that. Well, er, Greg, er, wasn't your last YouTube channel like very, or I mean, you're still a YouTube channel. You were very DIY driven videos. I've gone back and watched a lot of your stuff. 
I think even before tethered uh, of DIY stuff that you had had made. Yeah, we all were. I mean, I'm the only one that had the YouTube channel, really. Well, me and Garrett, who is one of the founding fathers of of Tethered, the DIY sportsman. I mean, we were the only ones with YouTube channels, but Ernie's a DIY master. I mean, this guy has rigged up more BS than anything I've ever seen in my life. So that's (laughs) really all of us. Um, I was just the only idiot that got on camera and talked about it in front of the world. But yeah, I mean, that's how this whole thing started, right? Was us screwing around making gear better than what we could find on the shelf. And eventually that led to, well, crap, this should be on the shelf because we're making awesome stuff that people really like. Let's Mm -hmm. put it on the shelf. And so we figured out how to put it on the shelf. Ernie just did me so dirty. I thought my setup was perfect. And then he said he cover weaved his one sticks. (laughs) And now I just added another 500 feet of paracord to my Amazon cart. So now I'm going to be up till 2 (laughs) a.m. watching YouTube channels, cover weaving every one of my one sticks. So here's the deal. When I did mine, um, I did it ridiculously tight. Like the knots are really, really, really tight. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time I got all six sticks done, my shoulders hurt, my hands hurt, I had blisters. <laughs> like it was a nightmare. Um, but I mean, they look awesome and they work perfect, but it took a lot of work for me to get them done. I, all my p- platforms have the Cobra weave around the perimeter. If just for when, you know, when you're running the camera or just when the adrenaline dump hits, I kind of like to know, especially with you have a thicker pair of like insulated boots, you sometimes can't quite tell like how far off the edge of the platform you are. Um, having that little ring around the edge for me has been really mm-hmm. beneficial. So here we go. I mean, thanks. That makes Randy. sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I don't know if this can. Oh, oh yeah. It even looks good. Got the orange man. Yeah. Yeah. Cobra. I, I've Cobra weaved a couple things and I have to think real hard <laughs> while I'm doing it. You know, I'm not you a do. professional basket weaver. So I'm just like, do it wrong and do it, <laughs> do it again. It's, it's a cluster for me. Did you say professional basket weaver? Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, gentlemen, y'all have got deer to go find. But I, I, I've got to ask you a question. I told you it was coming, uh, and, and it's okay if you can tell me to pound sand. And it's kind of tease up the end of this conversation. But what do you guys have coming down the pipe that, that you can leak for the podcast exclusively for Soko? Hmm. Exclusively for Soko. Well, I mean, it's no secret, right, that we've been trying to get this carbon fiber platform out. And I'll tell you, we are on the edge. Um We've been through a few rounds of testing. We've gotten a few different things tweaked. And uh, I mean, we are, we're at the one yard line. Um, So that's, and that thing's cool. It's been through a lot um, to get where it is. It's a, it's a really cool product. Um, But man, other than that, I mean, this year is, is when we kind of, kind of come up with the stuff for next year. Yeah, this time of the year is where we're, for the most part, we might have something new come out for Black Friday or something like that, but probably won't be earth shattering. But that that Predator CFX is what we're calling it, and that that's going to be really cool. And you know, fingers crossed, it's out there before before hunts start getting super important. And you know, Walter, we talked about this a few weeks back. We are going to give away one of those. The SoCo podcast is going to give away the very first CFX platform. So 
however you want to do it. If you want to do it for Patreons, if you want to do it for anybody, however you want to do it, that's, uh, we're going to give one away for you, for your listeners. Actually, you know what else that's coming out here in just the next week or so is the everyday carry tethered packs. They're coming in all black with black zippers, like a briefcase. They're coming with black and brown highlights. Um, We've got uh, a two-tone gray one. So like an everyday briefcase style tethered pack. Yeah, I forgot about that. And the Mossy Oak yeah. pack, the Mossy Oak version in Bottomlands yeah. just came out not too long ago. So, Ah, oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and that, that all black one, the murdered out version is not. Uh-huh. Really is that what it's called, the murdered out version? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think we're going to call it murdered out. CIA. I love that, man. I, that well, and and I'm thrilled because I've been busting at the seams to tell people what you just said, Greg. Because we teased it on one of our previous podcasts that we had a, a giveaway with Tethered, and we had to wait a couple weeks to to talk about it. And the patrons have been pestering the crap out of me because I titled the podcast episode something something two giveaways. And so at the end of it, we teased that, and so they have just been blowing me up, and they know it's Tethered oriented, and um, so. I, I'm thrilled, man. I, I'm gonna have to talk to Parker because I'm tempted to make it Patreon only. This is my default. Those guys are are just the tribe, uh, but Parker tends to like to favor the YouTube guys as well. So we'll, we'll sort out the details of that. But I'm I'm stoked to give it away, man. I can't thank you enough. That's gonna be you guys. You said at the beginning, you guys are generous, and it's it's you see it all the time. You just got on live the other day and gave away like ten sets of sticks. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> We like Do your accountants ever just like call you up and like, Greg, yes. you get on live? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we get it. And then the other day, well, when we were just in Tennessee, we had a, some just knocking out some stuff around the shop. And I was walking through the uh, some of the, looking at the orders that were going out the door and we gave away a bunch of stuff. Actually, I don't think that video has gone live, but there was a we were giving away some more stuff. There was there was a big pallet of lockdowns going out. And so I just stopped. I walked by and I looked at the top, the top of the, the top of the pallet. I could see four names. So I just said, okay, you know, Billy Joe from Idaho and Bobby Jean from Arkansas, you're getting free gear. So we love doing that stuff. We do it all the time. We just <laughs> give away a swag package today. That guy that, yeah, we had a guy notice my park, my truck in the parking lot while we were eating dinner posted it up on Facebook. I reached out to him. He's got a swag package coming. That's awesome, man. Yeah, we do stuff like that all the time. It's fun. It's really fun to do that. Well, guys, I really appreciate you taking out the time or taking time to talk to us because it's it's hard work scouting for deer and doing this thing. And I know you guys would rather be sleeping or out there uh, glass and field still, but um, we really appreciate you guys, everything you do for us making the awesome gear you guys do. It just, we love y'all. It's love doing business with you guys. It's awesome. It doesn't feel like business. It just feels like family. Yeah. That's more important. Right yep. back at you guys. You know, we've been, you and you and Parker were like the first guys that supported me, you know, specifically me back in 2018 when we were getting ready to launch this thing. So it's, uh, you guys have been with us since the beginning. So I, that that's never going to change. We're going to have to get you guys down here for one of the Patreon hunts at some point in time. Deer, turkey, something. We got to make it happen. Well, you know, I almost made the Patreon turkey hunt. And then we had all that bad weather roll in and it just kind of screwed up my hunt. But I'm planning to be there next year. 
Yeah, and, and we waylaid the birds. We killed 11 birds that weekend. I know. I was I was angry. I know. I know. We missed you, man. We missed you. So Matt, Matt's never done one of those hunts. This will be his first year at the, at, at the Patreon camp. And, man, I'm going to tell you right now, we got a wait list. So if anybody's hearing this right now, if you're in Patreon and you want to be added to the wait list, we've got a wait list. I can't believe that I'm saying that. It's absurd. But um, I never thought we'd grow to, to that level of popularity. But um, – Bobby will be there for deer season. Turkey season is when I would come because it's a little more active. There's people rolling in and out of camp and, and you know, the evenings you're, you're back at camp a little quicker, but we'd love to have you guys. As soon as you're ready, we'll make it, we'll make it happen. And, and you can punch some tags early in, in Florida. Love it. I'm in. All right, guys. So we're going to let Greg and Ernie get on their way, but if you want to support the show, definitely check out tethered. Obviously they put a lot of heart and soul into their gear so that you guys have the best experience doing business with them supports us. It helps grow the podcast and it's a great way to say thank you to them. So go check them out, get ready for the giveaway, check out Patreon. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.